we want recognition for what we're doing. We want to share our music with the world and we want to. And it's a hard time at the moment for, for gigs and stuff like that. Like it's so hard. People aren't buying tickets. The cost of living is just right, is skyrocketing. Yeah. Um, so it's very, very hard. Look, Jesse, this isn't a big deal in the grand scheme of things. Right now it feels like it. Mm-hmm. And right now it feels like you got a taste of what you wanted and it wasn't how you expected it and you hate it and you're freaking out. Um, but, you know, in a few years' time, it's all going to be good. It's going to feel like forever ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I, I'm, I wish I – if I could, I would actually just tell myself, like, write about it. Keep writing. Don't mm. stop. That's one thing I regret is that I stopped writing it. Welcome to Songwriter Trists, an intimate podcast that interviews artists about the art of songwriting and find out more about the life behind the songs. I'm singer-songwriter Ray Lee, your host for this show. Music saved my life and I want to talk to other songwriters about the power of songwriting, talk about their journey and how they got to where they are today. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. For more information on this podcast and the guests, visit songwritertrists.com. Welcome to another Songwriter Trists with Jessie from the band Hinterland. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I love it when I get to have these in-person conversations because it's so much more personable and you're a local, so we actually don't live that far from each other, so it's nice. No, that's true. It's just, just down the road. Yeah, just down the road. So I like to start this podcast by getting... We'll talk about you first and then we'll go into the band. Tell me a little bit about who you are and where you come from. So <laughs> I've been a songwriter all my life basically. Um, it started in primary school when I was in a girl band. Uh, <laughs> Spice Girls, take two. Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> yeah, too. yeah. I think we were called the Party Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that name's not taken. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we, yeah, we would, it was just me and my girlfriends and we were convinced this is what we were going to do. We were going to be the Spice Girls. Aww. I'm sure it was during the era of the Spice Girls. I'm pretty sure I was going to be in a Spice Girl group. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Every just, little it's, girl wanted to be the Spice Girls. a rite of passage, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? And, um, yeah, we started, I started writing songs and, like, you know, obviously, I look back at it now, I'm like, that's terrible. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was something and picked up a guitar and started actually putting stuff together and um, it really took off for me when I was a teenager and um, going through my first breakup mm-hmm. um, because it was the end of the world and I would never love again, yep. um, <laughs> according to my songwriting. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it became kind of a therapy for me at that point Um and, you know, not long, like I was kind of doing it to make myself feel better and, mm. and all that. And then I got to sort of adulthood and I was like, hmm, actually, I think I might do this. Like I might do this for a living. And when I was 18, 19, 20, started recording and uh, put out an album as a solo artist put out two albums as a solo artist when I was very, very young in my early 20s mm-hmm. um, to varying degrees of quality and success. <laughs> uh, please don't go and listen to them now. Are they still available? Are you uh, going to tell us you're a solo? Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. It's, this is the days before, <laughs> right. you know, iTunes. I mean, I probably have a box of CDs in the garage somewhere, which I will bury. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, probably not. But um, I actually won – for one of for one of my first singles, um, I won an award. I won an APRA 
Songwriters Award nice. um, in 2009 maybe, yeah. um, which was great. And, um, yeah, but I, I actually got to a certain point in my early 20s, um, made the mistake of like going on um, Australia's Got Talent. You made so, the mistake of going on Australia's Oh, Australia absolutely the mistake, oh, okay. 100%. Yeah, no. Why it, was it a mistake? Um, because I was, well, I was very young, obviously, um, and probably you like most. You on that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I guess I didn't want, I always hated those shows. I hated the idea of Australian Idol and, and well, there was no voice back then. I think there mm. might have been an X Factor, but I hated the idea of those shows. I just thought it was just like, oh, and it never really went well for anybody, mm. really. It was kind of like, oh, everyone just comes off looking Crap afterwards. In the arts is just yeah, stupid. it's just it's kind of like you know, there's no, there's no other, like there's no other industry where you know something that is subjective, which is art, music, mm. um, is you know turned into this competition. I don't know. It just felt really weird, and I was always yeah. anti. I was always so yeah. against it. And then they, yeah, I remember they got in contact with me, mm-hmm. um, personally so rang me and yeah. were like, we want you to come around. And like silly young me is like, wow. Like, yeah. wow. Okay. I must be, you know, and they and they literally like rushed me through it. I didn't even have to do like the first audition. They oh, were okay. just like, yeah, it was really, and I remember being like, wow, I've made it. Like I'm going <laughs> to win. Yeah. And then when I was on the show, um, it was different. This was like you go out in front of the judges and I think it was like, Danny Minogue, Kyle Sanderlands and I don't know, some other guy. Um, And, yeah, I was just really unprepared and the other thing was the editing. The editing was really bad because I remember on the day being like the sound was terrible. There was Mm. no fallback on the stage or anything so it just, it sounded awful. Um, But I was like. they set you up though? Yes, I do. Yeah, a little bit. Um, And. So, yeah, on the day it was kind of, it was like, oh, well, you know, I got through it even though it sounded pretty bad. And I played a song that I had written myself and the song has a key change um, at the very end and I played the whole song and then when it came on the TV they only played the start and then the end and so it just, and it changed. So it sounded like a a different song. It was just like, it just looked, when I watched it I was like, oh, no, this, this, if I knew they were going to do that I wouldn't have done the key change, you know, and it was just like, oh, this is dumb. Um, and yeah, and they also like tried, they edited it to look like I was like mean, like, (laughs) oh yeah, uh, it was funny. And, um, yeah. uh, So what had happened is. How many years of therapy have you been? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Well, well, I, sorry, I am going to get to what, what happened after this, but so for example, um, when I was up there, when I was up there and they were talking to me and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I, I'm actually related to some other famous successful musicians, Tom and Tommy and Phil Emanuel, um, okay. who, yeah, you know, not many, they're not that big a deal, but, um, I think Tommy Emanuel's a pretty, Tommy Emanuel's deal. A pretty <laughs> big deal. Yeah. But anyway, it yeah, was very yeah. much, that's kind of all they asked me about. And it was like, if you get uh, through, do you think Tommy will come? And I was like, no, he's got better things to do. Like, ooh, and it was whereas just if you kind hadn't of, said yes, they probably yeah. So they were and then, fishing. And, and then I was like, one of the questions was, yeah, like, um, how do you feel? Like, where you know, what's it like being related to someone famous? Da 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 da. And I was like, oh, you know, like it's it's not really a big thing for me. I don't see them all that often. Like, you know, really, He's I was a human being. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, like <laughs> that's just my dad and that's just my uncle. I don't really care. Like it was, yeah. you know. And I and I said, 
you know, and they were like, oh, and what would you say about people who think you're riding on their coattails? And I was like, oh, well, I'm not. I, I haven't brought it up. Like, you know. Yeah, you brought it up. And they made it, <laughs> when they edited it, they made it look like I was having a go at Danny Minogue being Kylie Minogue's sister. And just what? the way they cut yeah, it together. Okay. and But at, so on the very day. very dramatic sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, and it yeah. was funny. Like on the day it was just a conversation between like me and Kyle Sandleds, who is an absolute knobhead. Um, <laughs> just, I mean, everyone knows that anyway. Cool, but man. in person, absolutely, 100%. Um, but, yeah, it was just this conversation about like, oh, what would you what would you say to people who think that? And I was like, oh, well, I don't, I don't need to ride my relative's coattails or anything like that. And then on the show – they like zoomed in on like Danny Minogue and she did like an eye roll thing and I was like, that didn't happen. <laughs> oh, no. And anyway, I looked like a total bitch on this show and I was like, oh, my God. And then I tried to like because I got through to the next round and I was like, I tried to get out of it. I was like, no, nah, I'm not happy with this. Like this is terrible. I was getting I was getting messages. Um, and, and look, my performance wasn't great either. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the editing didn't do it any favours, but all I got was heaps and heaps and heaps of hate messages, just inboxes. Just from complete strangers? Just or? complete strangers. Just, yeah. oh, your dad should kill yourself that you're related to him and, um, oh. you know, yeah. And I was like, wow. <laughs> like, it so wasn't how that old bad. were you when you did it? Like 20? 20. 21. 21, yeah, the very beginning you're still of like. a baby. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I was just like, oh. And so from there I, you know, I just looked terrible and yeah. um, I, I knew it. Tried to get out of the show. They were like, oh, contractually you still have to finish, it, you know, rah, rah. and I was like, all right, okay. fine. So I did one more performance and again it was it was okay but it was really funny because they were like, it's got to be on in-ears. And I was, I'd never worked with in-ears before and okay. I was like, great, all right, whatever, I'll give it a go. And it was another original song. Um Again, one that I wrote when I was like 15. Wow. And I wore the in-ears. We did a sound check, um, wore the in-ears and everything, got a really good mix. It was yeah. awesome. Um, went out and did the actual show, did the whole performance. As soon as I started singing, I was like, I've got no vocals. Like, oh, I so the in-ears were turned off. It, I don't even know. It yeah, was just the terrible they were totally mix. Sabotaging and I was like, because oh, everything's so quick, you know, yeah. their turnarounds. Anyway, did the whole song with just couldn't hear anything and it was just crap and then I got into the end and I'm like I want to die and then even the judges were like oh we couldn't hear I don't think your vocals were even on like they were just like oh can we do it again and I was like oh great and they're like all right hold on hold on and so my vocals just weren't coming through anywhere yeah so then I did a they did another mix I dropped one of the in-ears out so I could actually hear it we got it good did it again it was much better anyway when I watch it to air got both my in-ears in and they've used the take when I couldn't hear myself and nobody could hear myself. So they've used that take that was terrible, like, yeah. and I'm over singing because I can't hear myself. Like they've used this the first take but then the judge's response to the second performance. So I'm just like, oh, my God, yeah. screw it's, you guys. It, it, reality TV in, in like quotation oh, marks. It's, like it's, yeah. Yeah, and I knew this, you know, but I was, you know, I was so excited and thought it was – and they would have thought it was you know, a big deal. Made you feel that way as yeah. Well. yeah, and and it was all yeah. The, the the hard thing was is it was all behind this. All the behind the scenes stuff was centered around like if I got if you get through, Jesse, do you think your uncle Tommy would come and do a special performance with you? And I was like, no, I'm not going to ask him that. Like, um, have you talked to him about this since? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've I've told him about it, and, and he's like, oh yeah, it's all 
Is that what pe- people are like that? Yeah, he's yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, well, you did the right thing by, you know, because he wouldn't have yeah. and, and I wouldn't have asked him because mm. that's so lame. And um, I think the same thing happened with Bo Ness. They were like, oh, do you think Adam Brand will come on the show? But then he, <laughs> but then he did. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's it. And it's not, it's not that I don't think my uncle would support me or anything like that, but yeah. I would just never ask him, yeah. you know. I, I, at the time I was like, I want to make it on my own. I want to. And yeah. so I shut down. All my social media, everything, deleted everything, disappeared, moved interstate. Yep. Um, got married. New identity. Right? New identity. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, like when I moved up to the Gold Coast, I got married within a year, changed my last name, obviously, and yeah. nobody knew that I was an Emmanuel. Nobody knew that I was yeah. actually like nobody knew who I'm I was. Serious. And it was great. I loved it. I was like, oh, I just I had completely left all of that crap behind and started a new thing. But I didn't write a song. I stopped writing for like seven years or something. I just was oh, just I'm like so it sorry. made me, no, 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 no. That's all right. You it should was, sue them seriously. <laughs> like, no, it's just what it is. You know, they're all like that. And now I've got all like other people go, oh, I got invited to be on The Voice. They rang me. And I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. Like they do that because nobody else is putting their hand up. So they just oh, ring you know, around. And it's the first thing that anyone who's not in the music industry, yeah, anyone that knows nothing about music mm-hmm. essentially, um, the first thing that they say to you when you say you're a singer is, oh, you should you go, should on, go the voice. on The Voice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always say, people say it to me all the time, they're like, oh, you should go on The Voice, you should go on The Voice. And I'm like, no, no, they can't afford me. <laughs> I, ha- I have heard better um, better responses from people who have been on The Voice um, than, than Idol. Like Idol oh, has yeah. a horrible reputation. Well, I think the nobody voice, goes on The Voice these days to actually win. It's just to promote. That's what I've heard. It's just like, yeah. yeah, this is just to get my name out there, boost my followers, yeah. whatever. Because, I mean, the whole – I've never actually watched an episode of it, but, yeah. No, neither have I. Don't watch TV. So <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, just, I just won't watch any of these singing competition shows because, yeah. like, I mean, I can't tell you who won. I, I mean, oh, I, of course I can't, but, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't think it's – been real a great success for anybody but what they should have it's entertainment though and well, it is they messing just, with people's emotions and yeah. that's that's the entertaining part yeah. of it people yeah like to watch it, other when people suffer. come out and they're like oh you know I wasn't gonna be a singer but then my mum died last year and now I've decided to be a singer and now I'm gonna dedicate this song to her and everyone goes oh and then they come out and they sing like some party song or something <laughs> and you're just like okay cool like it's yeah <laughs> it's it's one of those things that it's just and the general public, you're right, they do just – and then they start thinking, oh, that's the only way to make something of yourself. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it really isn't and I've been and that's, very against yeah. it ever since. But, again, I made the mistake. So, But this new <laughs> – But you learned. new one. Yes, you I learned. You learned from that learned and you are who young. you are because of it. That's right. It took, it took a lot of time away from it all to just take stock and be like, okay – to feel confident again, yeah, and, and 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 even just and take notes from like looking at the performances that I would have done and and how I was and just being like, okay, maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. I know that sounds really horrible, but I I'm sure I thought I was very very good. It's always good to be humble. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. no, I was very humbled, and a lot yeah. of it I took away was oh people are mean and the whole industry and reality TV and all that sort of stuff is but I had to also accept some of it was okay well I'm not ready I'm not good enough yet I like mm. I'm only so young 
And I guess I, I just could not have done it at that age. No, it was terrible. And I'm really glad, like, I'm really glad I stepped away for a while and really like started to cut my teeth doing um, like cover gigs and stuff like that and really yeah. got myself out there because after a while I was like, okay, I've gotten a lot better at just performing and singing and, you know, work through a lot of stuff that's made me a better performer now. So mm-hmm. I'm sure if I went on it now, I'd win, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. It doesn't not. matter if you do or don't. No, no. What, what about, because you're. You've also then became a mum and you've yes. got a couple of girls. Yes. Um, do you find that exp- – because, I mean, that's life-changing in itself, mm. having kids. Um, how did that impact your view on being an artist and being a singer and what you're doing now? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, I guess I kind of feel those two things are quite separate, um, my mum life and then my artist life. I mm-hmm. do I – do, in my mind, file them away pretty separately. Um, I think later in life I would like to try and combine those mindsets, you know, like I was even talking about it the other night with somebody asked me if I was ever going to write a song about, you know, becoming a mother and being a mum and stuff like that. Um, and I was like, oh, no, I, I, I don't think I will for a while because, mm. I mean, this is a whole other tangent but there's a whole <laughs> – there's a, quite a stigma in the music industry – um, and I'm on the cusp of, you know, I'm, I'm still a young lady, but in a few <laughs> years I'm going to be the middle-aged, you know, like. I don't know what the definition of young is. Well, My grandma said you're as old as you feel. Yeah. Well, I, I feel older than I am actually. But I'm feeling older than I am. Yeah. yeah Post-COVID times, mate. Um, but yeah, like it, 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 I guess in the music industry, when you're a woman, there's, you've got to cling to your youth so much yeah. because otherwise Guys you do will... really well as they get older because they, yeah. they get sexier as they get older. They do. But Us women have the opposite problem. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and I mean you only have to look at the way that the media talks to women in music versus men in music because as soon as you're as soon as you're become a mum, as soon as you're a woman and you have your first baby, it's how do you juggle it all? Being an artist and a mum, how do you juggle it all? They don't ask that to men. They, they don't do ask they? men. I've they become don't... a father. Good on you, mate. Yeah, When's your like, next great, festival? <laughs> great, your dick works. Excellent. Like that's – sorry, if I, you no, can no, edit cool. that out. <laughs> it's true, but that's all industries. It's like yeah. Oh, yeah. if you're a dad, no one says, oh, who's Definitely. watching your kids while you go to work? <laughs> no one. But yeah. if you're a mum, that's oh, exactly yeah. what happens. Oh, yeah. I used to get it all the time. Like I'd be at a gig <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, where's your baby? And I'm like literally with the other person. Like That, with that the made other the person. baby. <laughs> yeah. You don't come up to me when he's at work in the middle of the day and I'm at the park pushing her on a swing and go mm-hmm. – so good of you to look after your child and and you know when they call it babysitting oh. it's not babysitting when it no, is your kid it's though. it's that's just being a it's parent just raising a child um but yeah so i guess I, I do kind of keep them both separately and i i don't know if it is that being said my kids are very involved in like my music and like if i'm writing a song i'm always like hey girls i'm writing a song yeah um <laughs> they like to think they contribute. Um, <laughs> I've certainly let them try. Um, but, yeah, and and my youngest is like she's our biggest fan. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I try to f- keep the songwriter aspect of things separate from my mum brain because you know what it's like to have a mum brain. It's <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I'm living with one right now. Yeah, um, exactly. I only, I only ask because... I didn't have the confidence like you did when I was a kid to sing in public or oh. even tell people that I did or yeah. anything. I wish I was a little less loud about it because <laughs> I'm sure I was – I'm sure I didn't do myself any favours. My self-worth was definitely way too 
Um, but I also knew deep down that that like this is who I am. Yeah. But my self worth was just not there, and I was like, if I tell anyone, I yeah. will spontaneously combust. If someone doesn't <laughs> like my music. Um, but having kids was like a massive twist because I was like, I have to be the example to them of how I want them to live their lives, True. and I want them to have the best life possible. And I am letting fear hold me back from being who I know I am. Which is not something you want for your children. Which is not something I want for them. And so they gave gave me the kick in the butt to like get off my ass and do it. Well, I guess for me because when they were younger I wasn't writing. I was being, Mm. I was playing music, like I was playing just in cover bands and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, while they were younger because I'd just been through all and I I call it trauma, the trauma after like Australia's Got Talent and I mean, it's not all just Australia's Got Talent, but it was just the kick in the like. It was just realizing uh, that I, yeah, it was realizing what the industry is actually like, um, and that's the entertainment industry, and I think that that's important to make a difference because the music industry and the entertainment industry often get mixed. Yes, one, that's true. But they are two very different industries, different beasts. Yeah. And, and I think the other thing for me was that all my life um, I had been told, um, you know, that I'm amazing and incredible, and oh my god, you're going places. And by mum and dad, <laughs> which or? is yeah, by everyone, by every, you know, which is lovely. I had the opposite. My like, what do you think you're doing? No, no, no. <laughs> I just Get a real had job. <laughs> uh, exactly, but I just had yeah. everyone just being like, yes, this Aww. is your calling. You're incredible. Oh my god, okay. you're the best thing, and it gave me like a the false, confidence. yeah, but I think a, a too much, too okay. much of like a false sense of like. This is just going to happen for me. Yeah, and okay. and I was just I'm the like, chosen one. I was just like, oh, <laughs> by the time I hit like this age or something, you know, there'll be a record label knocking on my door, and they'll be like, hey, here's a million dollars, please be the next Pink or Britney Spears or something. And I just, yeah, I, wow. I just somehow thought that was going to happen. Yeah. And then when I got to that sort of age, went through the AGT saga, had just received this great backlash online, and so, and then, I mean that that being said, there was a lot of people who said positive things, but. You know, we don't. Yeah, we filter though, don't we? We, fil- we just yeah. go, oh. That's Everyone nice. can say you're amazing and one person says yeah. you're fat and you're like, damn it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some of the comments were like about my hair and just stupid things and I was just like, I really don't like this. And, mm. and yeah, I think that was just a point where I just, that, that silly little fantasy that I ha- had had from so young with everybody just telling me, this is how my life's going to go uh, yeah. because I'm just so talented and everything. And it stopped mm, me. So I think it stopped me from getting better because I just went, well, I'm great. Yeah. You know? Why try? Yeah. So so after all that and I've had the children and everything, I started and I was like, I still want to play music. I still want to be an entertainer but I, I, I don't want to be this person anymore. I don't want to be this artist. I'm just happy to just be an entertainer and make good money mm-hmm. and just do the cover things and everything. And it took me years and, and during those years, you know, I played some crappy gigs. I played some good gigs, um, and I learned how to play much better, sing much better. Did I mean, you go I, to therapy? No, you haven't no. done therapy after that. No, I, I, would <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I mean, no, I've I'm been like, through ten years of therapy. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, seriously. I, I, I'm like a, I don't know. I'm very like a self therapy person. Like, I'm okay. hyper aware of. I think it's a creative brain thing as well. I'm sure I would actually, you know benefit greatly from yeah. some therapy but it's <laughs> I couldn't afford it at the time but yeah, um, no, fair enough. yeah but I just all, all I did was just like okay I just need to step away from that stop trying and just yeah spent a few yeah. years actually just like getting as good as I thought I once was and becoming confident okay like it's not just going to happen for me by default because right. there's plenty of people out there who are as talented as me and heaps better than me 
um, and it's not happening for them. So, Mm. um, yeah, it was like (laughs) a kick in the arse really like bursting my bubble, um, which is good. It is Mm. good. Um, But, yeah, it was (laughs) was a bit scary. But, yeah, it was nice to have those few years where I was just – you know, not worried about my public image or songwriting and stuff like that and just being a cover muso as a full-time mm. job, so to speak, and, and just being a mum. So how did how did you go from this experience we've just mm. covered to now being in Hinterland and releasing your own original music and yeah, you know, yeah. working in a it group? Took, it took a long time. Like as, as, as I said, um, a few years ago, maybe four or five, Four years ago, um, a good friend of mine, Taylor Moss, who is another country, country singer, mm-hmm. um, she yeah she came and stayed at my house and um, I can't remember why. Maybe she had a gig or something. And, yeah, she was like, we should try write a song together. And I was like, oh, I haven't written a song in seven or eight years. Like, no, mm-hmm. no. I was like, I'll give it a try though. And I had it. And we wrote this song and it was, I was like, oh my God, this is good. Like, this is actually good. And um, it became her next single. And I was just like, oh my God, like, look at me, a songwriter again. And I was so proud of it. Um, It didn't do amazingly well, but we wrote another two or three songs, um, you know, not long after that. And one of them ended up, it's, it's almost got three million streams now. Wow. Yeah. So Which one's that one? Ain't No Girly Girl. Oh, yeah, I've heard that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Banger, banger of a song. Um, and, yeah, like, uh, you know, I remember we wrote that song just in my lounge room and it was just like it was so cool. It was like, wow, this is cool. Yeah. And then a few months later she was recording it and I was like, this is what it's like, That's you know. And, and I came in, I did some BVs and everything. Yep. And then my friends Rachel and Rob, who um, I've been friends with forever, mm-hmm. um, to put it into context, Rob actually recorded – like he he has a studio, a home studio, and he was the producer who I worked with on my albums okay, back when I was eighteen. Yeah, okay, yeah, so you've known him for a long time. Yeah, yeah, since since yeah. So he's he's known me throughout this whole thing, and and yeah. then we've worked together in in our cover bands and stuff like that. Rachel yep. and I formed a duo uh, when I first moved to the Gold Coast called the Daisy Dukes, which mm-hmm. is just like a cover duo, yep. and that's you know where I sort of learnt to be a much better musician and performer. Mm-hmm. And they had sort of been – they used to have a band, a, a family band called the Bostocks, which was them plus their brother and sister. Um, but, you know, as as time goes on, you know, Sarah, their sister, you know, she had babies and moved away and Brendan left the band and they're all still good and everything but, you know, yep. that life happens. Yep. Rachel and Rob were still – how we still want to do it um, and they were working together, writing as a duo and um, – you know, not really doing, not having a proper go of it though. Yeah. Um, but it was like I was I was their biggest cheerleader. I'm their biggest fan, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, that's so great. I'm so excited for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they saw that I was riding with Taylor and getting back into it and I was talking about how exciting it is. Yeah. And Rob went on a tour. He was playing for Casey Barnes. So oh, yeah. he was in his band for a while and he went on a trip to Nashville with Casey and wow. came back just with a fire under his ass, I guess. Yep. Um, Nash- <laughs> as Nashville you do, will do that yeah, too. Nashville will do yeah. that, right? I didn't release really anything until I came back from Nashville. I was exactly. like, oh, my gosh, I have to do this. Yeah, yeah. you just go, oh, my God, time's running out. I yeah. need to do this. Um, <laughs> and he that, came back yeah. and, and he and Rachel had sort of, you know, been toying around, you know, hmm. um, making some music together. And, yeah, he came back and he was like, Jesse, I want I want this. I want the three of us to, to make a band together. And I was like, oh. I haven't really like, oh, wow, that'd be great, you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just an idea for a few months and then we started sort of writing together and, 
yeah, it just quickly was just like, oh, this is going to be good. Like yeah. we just had this because we'd all worked together in some capacity for such a long time and we all know each other so well. Um, it just was really like the chemistry straight away was just like, oh, this is this is it. This That's is exciting. great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, and it was nice for me because I never wanted to, I would never be a soloist again. Like I couldn't handle that. I, I mean, couldn't well, handle it. Trauma, yeah, it's hard yeah. enough even like when people refer to me as like the lead singer of Hinterland. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not the lead. No, nope, we're just a band. We're just a band. <laughs> yeah, like I, yeah. yeah, okay, most of the songs I sing lead on but, you know, some of them other people sing lead on and yeah. like we're just, we're all the singer Yeah, and we're all the lead, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's funny because we're all, That's none nice. of us have, none of us have lead singer's disease, you know. Like yeah. we're all <laughs> None of us have this disease. There's no. Yeah, have you ever heard that lead singer's disease? No, but I've, I've been in a band and I think I'm the opposite. It was so bad that yeah. I don't know if I could ever be in a band again. I'm just like, no, I'm just gonna be solo. Like, oh. I don't know if it's because I'm up myself or no, have this disease no, 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 I'm or anything. Sure, it's it just isn't. No, no, so no. So hard working with people. Like, yeah, you have well, to have it a has to be vision. special. It has to. There has to be. It sounds like it was really organic. It was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were just like, oh, we'll just make some music because we just, we just wanted to get back into like playing festivals and stuff because we we had done it. Um, years and years and years ago and because Rachel and Rob were working as the boss docs and they used to release their own music around the same time as I was as a soloist and because we were all friends and like we all knew each other's songs because we were essentially collaborating. I mean all the songs I released, you know, 10 or so years ago, it's all Rob and Rachel playing the instruments. So it was like we've already done this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'd all with with age and experience all gotten a lot better, and um, and that makes a massive difference. Oh, totally, totally, totally true. And, and it's okay. Um, sorry, it's okay. Yeah, to have age and experience. Oh, absolutely. Like, oh, it's, you don't have to be sixteen. I don't, I don't know if you've had this, but this like this ageist thing that. Oh yeah, it happens in the music industry. It's like you're too old or you're too young <laughs> or you're this or you're that, and you're like, no, you just are what you are, and yeah. you never get to be that age ever again. Just enjoy it. That's right. And age, you know, sometimes having a bit of age. I mean, we're not old. Always we're all in our early to mid thirties, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I mean, we're a lot better now. Remember I was even talking about when I was 20, 21 and stuff, like looking back now and go, oh, my God, that I was not that good, you know, but I was getting a lot of really good opportunities and yeah. I look at it now and I'm like, man, if I was as good as I am now back when I was 20, 21 and getting those opportunities, I'm sure I would be an amazing big deal right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but 10 yeah. years from now, you know, you, yeah. you probably will be. Oh, whatever God, that path looks be. like, you know, whatever that journey looks like, it's fine. Yeah. But it doesn't have to happen when you're young. And it does sometimes happen to people when they're young and then we get this false expectation that yeah. that is what's meant to be. But actually if you look at some massive people out there in all sorts of industries, yeah. some of them don't start till they're 30, 35, 40. Totally. You know, and that's it. whenever. It I think matter. music it, music shouldn't matter. Your age shouldn't matter all that much in music anyway. It, like It, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, yeah. It, yeah, it's not that it shouldn't. It no, doesn't. It, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless you're applying for Australian. Australia's oh, Australian Idol. No, Australian Idol. Idol now. You have to be under 28. Yeah, 15 Sorry to 28 to or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if I cut myself in half, I'll be uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Like, yeah, we're looking for the best singers in this age bracket. Yeah, like. part of me feels like it's um, because unfortunately with 
labels, we talked about this earlier before mm. the podcast, about labels, they make their money from copyright and copyright law yeah. and like uh, and the industry. That is how these publishers and, co- um, and labels make their monies with copyright. Yeah. Um, and most of the time, unfortunately, when you're younger, you don't understand that. Mm. So you're more likely to get taken advantage of. And there's so many stories, like I swear almost 50% of the people I've talked to have signed a contract that they didn't understand what they were signing. Yeah. And it's... It set them back years. Oh, yeah, 100%. Years. And so true. Ca- like younger people in the industry need to be protected but at the moment I feel like because of lack of awareness and education, you know, that and they And also because they see, the, they see it as like, oh, my God, like this is my opportunity. Yeah. This is my chance to be a big star. Had, like, I've, had, I've had record label deals and publishing deals. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to sign you up to this and this and we're going <laughs> to give you all this, blah, blah, blah. And then you look at it and you're like, I'm literally, it's like, you know, it is a product, right? Your, your yeah. copyright is a product. It's like going to someone and be like, oh, yay, I've sold my car. And then be like, okay, great. Wow, that's awesome. You really wanted to sell your car? No, I didn't want to sell my car. Well, how much did you get for it? It's like, oh, I didn't get anything. You mean <laughs> you just gone. gave your car away? Yeah. Yes. And it's like that. that's what a record label and a publishing thing is. It's yeah. your product. It's your They're something that has it. value. Yeah. And they want to buy it off you. Yeah. And if you don't want to sell it, then you should be charging more. Yeah. <laughs> don't give it away because – the concept of in quotation marks having a deal yeah. is going to make you seem more important. It does. It's no, that's right. Like, and in, in country yeah. music, um, especially in Australia, um, being independent, everyone everyone wants to be independent now. Like the, the old dream of like playing a gig and there's a record label executive up the back of the room and yeah. he comes up to you at the yeah. end and says, here's a million dollar deal. You know, that used to be the dream. Um, but and you've got to pay that million dollars yeah. back. It's really <laughs> yeah. just like I'll loan you some money. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. If and then I'll take it back, back and, and I'll take it back and more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is where I actually also like what you said because as independent artists um, or re- independent bands or le- record labels and, and owning your own stuff, it's actually more important for us to work together and support each other. Oh, totally. Because that is, that's exactly what a record label essentially, their greatest value is the connections and, and the support that they do within what yeah. they're building um, and that is where their value comes from. And so as independent artists, if we just start supporting each other and working together and collaborating and, you know, festivals where we play on similar bills and all that sort of stuff. And no undercutting. And no undercutting mm. and just, just you know, pay each other what we're worth yeah. <laughs> and support however we can and don't make it a competition because yeah. it's not, um, then that then we don't need record labels. Yeah, we absolutely. We just need banks to give us money <laughs> or like fans to like and businesses Buy to support us or and, governments. And support. Yeah. yeah, look, I've, you know, a joke I often make is like if you're in the music industry to make money, like you're mad. Like, yeah, get a job. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just kind of like, look, it's, it is definitely a passion project uh, and, and even like it's funny when you talk to artists who would be perceived as like, this person's made it. They're doing a mm. great job. Like they're killing it. And I won't name any names, but like legit people, you'd be like, wow, this person, you know, they're the, this is, this is what making it looks like. They're not well off, you know, like they're. Mm. You, I'm broke. Yeah. I get supported through Buy Me A Coffee for this podcast. And yeah. actually, literally last week, I could not afford to renew the website for this thing. Oh no. And I was pretty humbled by it. And I put out like a video first time I'd asked people to help. And that within 24 hours, the power of Amazing. the supporters they'd paid for it and the website was back up and running. And I'm like, That's Thank great. You, I had a car crash and I can't afford this. Oh, one. no. Oh, so I'm like, sorry. You know, but stuff happens, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, Life happens. Like, yeah, no, this passion means to suffer. Yeah. And, most, <laughs> and we most, do. We suffer for it. Most artists are working three jobs 
have real jobs, you know, in order to pay for mm. their hobby. And, and well, I, I don't want to say it's a hobby, but in order to pay for their music industry, their music job, their career. I've taken a you job know? this weekend that I don't really want to do. Yeah, just to pay for my next single. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's, that's what you do. That's that's what you got to do because what people don't realise is how expensive it is to actually mm. not only put record the song but then to actually service it to radio and put it out and, and, and actually get people to hear it. And you have to have a music video and you have to have oh, this. Yeah. And you oh, you've got to do all these things. And, <laughs> and you have to have merch. <laughs> I think most, most, um, most people I know will budget about 10 grand per song. Yeah. You know, that's which probably is – probably about right though. That's, yeah, it's – Wild, you know, mm. and and the return you get from that is yeah okay maybe, maybe that song will do well but you're not gonna make ten grand like yeah or maybe one in a million chance like might as well go and buy a lottery ticket like mm-hmm. um, I feel like that's what it is though it's kind of like gambling it's yeah kind of like investing it's more yeah. of a gamble than an investment <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yes definitely who knows yeah. like you could have a song that you know it's but like, no, yeah. that's that's you not know, why we it do is, it obviously not, yeah. yeah you don't do it for the money. Do it because it might save someone's life. I know it saves my life. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I release something, I'm like, this is healthy for me. Well, but making yeah. music for me, as you know, you were saying before about like therapy and stuff mm. like that, making music is now it kind of it kind of is my therapy, I guess. Like, and it's not even because we don't we don't tend to write too personally because there's three of us. Mm-hmm. So it can be hard to be like, hey, I wrote this song about this way I'm feeling because the other two people might not necessarily relate to it. Yep. And, you know, we do we, – we try to – yeah, try to it's write. How do you guys work yeah. out what you want? Do you have like some boundaries around like this is what we want to present as a band? Oh, uh, no, not really. Okay. We um we kind of just all bring whatever we have to the table Um whenever we have it and mm-hmm. just be like, hey, what do you think of this and what do you think of that? And we're lucky enough that, you know, sometimes, you know, someone will bring something and someone else will go, oh, I don't really like that or something. Mm-hmm. And no one gets offended or anything. We just go, okay, well, that's not for the band, you know. Like I'll say if I wrote – like I actually started writing a song the other day that it, that was actually a little bit personal mm. and straight away I, I was like – Yeah, yeah, and it was very personal. It was about me and stuff I was feeling and then I was just straight away I was like, oh, this isn't Hinterland, like, mm. you know, and – but there's nothing wrong with that, you know. I, I don't know what I'll do with it if I'll give it to somebody else or – you know, it might become hinterland. You might release might. it one day in the future. Yeah, Half I might share it. I might share release. it with Rachel and she'll go, oh, yeah, I totally get that. And then, you know, so yeah. we all just create um, – we've got a few different ways of working together. So either it's, you know, one of us will have an entire song idea or something mm-hmm. and we'll either lay it down as a voice memo or we'll start actually, you know, putting bits and pieces together on, you know, GarageBand or Cubase or something. Um, and just be like, this is my idea and take it as far as we want before we share it and then be like, this is, you know, what do you guys think of this? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time it will be like, oh, yeah, that's great. And and then someone else will go, oh, i got a good idea for that and then they'll layer onto it and yep. we'll just go back and forth until we're, we're all like, this is it, this is how the song is because I like to sort of sort of think of a song like when you write a song that it's there in the universe and you just have to like – dig and find it give it space you know like it already like it's already there you just have to find it yeah so it's not (laughs) i know that sounds a bit weird because you are technically just making it as you go yeah but yeah once once it's finished and you go that was it yeah that was that's what that's what i was trying to find you know it's intuition isn't it almost yeah yeah. almost so it's yeah it's because because otherwise um you know there's there's kind of this theory of like when is a song finished well it's it's never finished you could keep 
adding bits and bobs to it, take things out, change this. To it. It's only finished when you decide it's finished. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we sometimes we'll sometimes do it that it's way. Never finished. Yes, <laughs> like oh, Leonard Exactly. And then sometimes yeah. it comes out and you go, oh god, I should have done this. I should have done this differently. Um, but yeah, you. Uh, that's that's the hard thing about being a creative is mm. it would be the same with painting or something like that yeah. you when, have to be, you, you have painting? to be the one to go okay that's done now i'm not mm-hmm. going to paint not going to put any more paint on that um someone told me once that um you don't finish songs they just escape and like the oh, release is there the song you go. escaping and you just have to let it that's be that's true and that's it and like mm. we've we've got a song coming out oh i'm sure this will it's coming out today. It's coming out today. Yay. Oh, excellent. So, yes. <laughs> so you got a yeah. new song coming out today and yes. you mentioned that this was a collaboration as well. Yeah, this one, one this one was very <laughs> collaborative. So this was the other style of writing that we have. Okay. Um, this one is so Rob and Rachel had written a chorus for a completely different song years ago. Uh-huh. Years ago. And it had a really cool melody, cool chords and just uh-huh. a cool vibe, you know. Uh-huh. And we were like, yeah, we love this. It was actually, it was an entire song. Um, and I was always a bit like, I'm I'm the main lyricist in the band and mm-hmm. I'm really like finicky about lyrics. I'm the one who'll tear it apart. And I you love just, people like you. You just have to not like be you. offended. <laughs> and I'm yeah. going to say, no, that's crap. And I'm going to give you something else. And, Dude. you know, and thankfully none of us actually get too offended. And there's times when I will be like, oh, here you go, the, what about this? And Rachel Gar don't like that. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. And, and and half the time it's I'm writing it and Rachel's got to sing it. So it's yeah. like if you don't like it, great, let's let's try something else. But mm-hmm. I didn't love a lot of the lyrics or the concept but I did like the melody and the chords and everything and we took it to our producer because we were collaborating with um, Stuart Stewart mm-hmm. for this particular song and he was the same. He's like <laughs> we, we had brought to him being like we love this song but we need to tighten up some of the lyrics, right? Mm. And he was like, okay. I like the melody and the chords of the chorus. I don't like any of the verses, don't like Ouch. the chords of the chorus. Like, no, sorry, the chords of the verses. It was literally like he just was like, I like these chords and this melody, everything else needs to be Scrap redone. It. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, okay, well, that's that's almost an entirely <laughs> new song. Yeah. And that's what it ended up being. Um, and it was, it was actually a really painful process, this one, because we just kept going back and forth, back and forth with ideas of different lyrics and different concepts. And we finally got like a good chorus and, and we were like, yes, great concept, great lyrics. Now we need to form the rest of the song around it. Mm-hmm. And I don't generally work that way I tend I know a lot of people do this where they write the chorus first and then everything comes in but I actually write a song top to bottom I'll start with the first line of Mm. the first verse um I don't know why I just chronologically like to get there Mm -hmm. um so the the chorus is never the first thing I write so this it was really confusing for me and then we tried three or four different chord patterns for the verses and our producer just kept going, you know, no, nah, that's not it, that's not it, that's not it. And, yeah, we just, we just it's, it's so funny because it's such a Frankenstein of a song now. Yeah. Um, and it changes key from the verse to the chorus because it, yeah, it was just a, hey, what about this? That's a cool riff. Oh, it's in a different key to the chorus. How do we make it? Like make how it do we fit. get it to there? So, we, you know, there's like a cool four-chord turnaround right before brings it into context. It's too complicated for me. It's very co- it, well, it is but it isn't. Like when you hear it, you'll be like, okay. Like it only changes from like, I think it goes from like G minor to like B flat or something okay. and um, it makes sense in context. But at the time getting our head around it was really weird and um, 
we almost ended up writing it as we were recording it. So, yeah, it was (laughs) – this was one of the more stressful ones, this one. Um, But it has paid off because I think you can listen to it and, like, I guess the music nerd in me goes, oh, this is so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure everyone's going to go check it out. I hope so. Because I want to hear what you're – Yeah, I I definitely want you to hear it. We'll teaser Um, it, but yeah. Yeah, no, but but maybe I'm overselling it. But, um, (laughs) you know, it's not a basic four-chord song, like – yeah, but it, it, in context it does all flow together but, yeah, now that I listen to it as one piece of work I'm like, oh, yeah, that all works. But at the time it was like it was it was Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, and let just, it sit. See what yeah. happens. I love going back and listening. I, I, I usually am over the song by the time it gets to release. Yes. And then I don't listen to it for a while. I let all the radio stuff happen. Mm. And then I when I listen back I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that was well, good. Well, we recorded. It's hard to go from editing and mixing yeah. and all that to then finished product. Well, we recorded this song back in May. Last year, oh, it's been a while then. So it's it's almost what like eighteen months, yeah. just about, because we've just had other songs that it's not that they were better songs, or you know, it was just kind of like it just didn't feel like this song's time, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just, it's it's funny. It's it's because people ask me that. How do you choose when you've got three or four songs sitting there? How do you choose which one's the single? And sometimes it is just all about timing of like, okay, well, our last song was really country rock so maybe the next one should be a bit more folksy and just you know mm. we uh, I don't up. know I don't know it's, it's all a gamble it's, it, it is yeah. it, it really is and um I guess with this one um and it's so funny with country music because I don't know that this really happens in any other genre but it is important you do have to think about is this country enough which is such a weird such a, I, it's a I weird thing I don't think, think anyone that, yeah I don't think rappers are like is this hip-hop enough or like <laughs> Do a leap is like, is this pop enough? Or, you know, yeah. like it is, but it really is like that in the country music world. So, yeah, right. so you guys, I feel like you do have a very country sound and vocally, um, when <laughs> Great. I've been listening to the music, I can hear that vocal, yeah, um, country sound in there. That's whereas, good. like, I'm not country at all in my vocals, I have no, no influence of country, yeah. So, the producers always either put in like fiddle or yeah. they'll put in like slide guitar to make yeah, exactly. it sound country. Exactly. <laughs> and that's and that's well we've got fiddle and and like lead guitar and then I mean I guess I do have a pretty country vocal yeah. sound. It's gorgeous. Um, and I know some people who have really worked really hard on getting that country getting that sound. weird twang thing. That's, it's it's just I, a I don't know what it is. What well, is I it? never. I, I don't, it's definitely like a there. It's I, I call it, it a twang, a but it, yeah, I can I can actually yodel. Okay. Um, <laughs> I won't do it, but um, uh, now I want you to. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it does come from what you listen to. Like I, I get mm. compared vocally. Like what I get a lot is Natalie Maines from the Dixie Chicks and Brooke McClymont from the right. McClymonts, yeah, which. Okay. Is so overly flattering. Like I wish I could sing like both of them but yeah. that's the – and Miranda Lambert as well is the other. Yeah, okay. And I guess I listen to – when I do listen – those I would say those are the three voices I probably listened to most yeah. when I was younger um, and I can definitely hear certain inflections that I do and I, I don't even notice when I do it, you know. Yeah, no, it's um, – yeah. even, even when we've worked with um, like our producer Stuart, like we'll sing a line or something and he actually has to be like, okay – tone it back a bit, you know, like you're going a bit. Because I guess the other thing is we all sing. Do you sing in an Australian accent or an American accent? Uh, well, I think I talk in a British accent. I've, oh. been, I've been told I sound British. My husband's British. I lived there yeah, for a bit true. when I was a kid. So, I, so when you record I though, no do, you, do you? I don't think it's very Australian. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I'm going like this. Yeah. Um, 
but I'm also an actor, so like I train in different vocals. Mm. You know, so I, I don't. I actually. Well, if I rely like, on other people to tell me what it is. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> well, I mean. I guess I don't know if it's based on what I've always listened to or anything, but if you yeah. listen to country musicians, even um, like Australian Some ones, people go real American. They go really American, um, and you know, I guess there is a technique, but there is a reason behind it in terms of singing technique because mm. it's the so there's a reason why the people who do the most damage to their vocal cords are generally British. Or Australian, and it's right. the it's the placement of our tongue or something because we talk so much like nasally, yeah, nasally, and just Americans a lot of are back in the throat. Yeah, yeah Americans have uh, Americans very rarely will actually damage their vocal cords, um, but yeah, like British, like right. like Sam Smith, Adele, like generally those people who sing with that more that voice that sounds really really powerful. It's yeah. because they're because everything's so open. And it's it's something about tongue placement. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've been told by people who know. I thought you were going to say because when when I was learning American accents, um, one of the things that they said was practice your American, like the, you know, as if you're with Americans. And they mm. said they won't. You, you will feel like you sound funny. Yeah. But Americans will just think that you learn to talk properly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I try to think of that so I, I get over that feeling of feeling funny. Yeah. Um, but I thought that maybe that's why some people put that American twang into their vocals so that they want to break into the American market. It's a huge market. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to break well, into it? So I don't, don't sound I, funny. It's funny. Like I, I don't think I could sing in an Australian accent. I just don't, like it, it's what I hear every day but I just don't think it would sound very good. Like yeah. um, that being said, like the Sunny, <laughs> are you familiar with the Sunny Cowgirls? No. So they're a country duo. Um, they were very, very big 10 or so years ago mm-hmm. and they sing – in thick ochre Australian accent. Really? And it's very like, you know, it, it's, it works for them. Yeah. Like it really works for them but I I just couldn't do it. I have a really thick Australian accent and I couldn't I do it. Do. Oh, really? Oh, no. that's good. Um, I can hear you could put it on. Like, oh, I can, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can hear that. <laughs> no, I do, not, get told, I do get told that I have a bit of an ochre accent but um, – <laughs> But not as not like That's the sunny really cowgirls, like the way they they've got us. You know, they sing in an Australian accent, and it's so jarring to hear. Yeah, okay. And then you go, oh my god! Like whenever I hear even Australian singers, they sing in an American accent, and it's just what we're used to. I think I saw Dean Lewis because um, someone was like, oh, why do you sing in an American accent? And he actually did an example. It was like, well, this is what this song would yeah. sound like if I sang it in Australian. And it sounds shocking. And it sounds weird. <laughs> it's it's not right. The A's it? and the O's and yeah, yeah. It's a bit piercing. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's not very attractive and it just doesn't seem as musical and, God, is that racist? I don't know. But um, I don't know what you'd call it. It's just about my grandmother used to say that being a lady is about making everyone in the room feel comfortable. And oh. I think that vocally that is our job is to make people feel comfortable. Oh. Maybe. I disagree. You don't want to make them feel really uncomfortable? Not really uncomfortable, <laughs> but I'd like them to... Uh, well, you want them to feel comfortable, but I want them to also be like, oh, like I, yeah, I, okay. I remember someone said about um, my uncle Tommy, who's one of the best guitarists in the world, and it's a famous, like it's it's a famous quote that I get shared all the, that I see all the time, which I think is really funny, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, seeing any other guitarist makes you go, yeah, I love guitar, and then you see Tommy Emmanuel and you want to throw your guitar away. You know, because yeah. <laughs> it makes like you just go, oh, every forget guitarist. it. <laughs> yeah, just forget it. I'll never be that good, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess being a lady would be trying to make everybody comfortable, but I want to make everybody feel intrigued. Right. 
Yeah. I want people to feel seen. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I don't know why. I just no, that's I nice. I think we all need to be seen and loved and heard. Yeah, but I don't think you. I don't think my music should make people feel that way. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe one song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but in general, I want people to be more like impressed. Um, yeah, yeah. Because you're amazing. Oh no, no, but just no. you know, just like you want, you want. I guess uh, to be a successful. To be a successful artist, you just have to be the best person in the room at, do, at making music, you know. And sometimes that bar is low. So <laughs> sometimes that's not hard, you know. So, but you know, um, there's I hope been none times. Of your ex-co-writers as well listening to this. <laughs> She's talking about me. No, 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 no. I'm more mean. Like when you're playing a gig or something, like you know, you just have to be better than everyone who's watching you. And mm. I do want everybody to feel comfortable. You know, in that, oh, we're experiencing live music right now. We're experiencing yeah. this together and everything. But I also want to be like, but I'm the one giving it to you. Yeah. I am the one, You're the one on serving stage. you. Yeah. I've This is something I've worked on for a really long time. And, and that's the other thing is when people do get a little bit too, like there is such a thing as being like too humble um, with your music and your songwriting um, because you, you think about it, think about how many hours we put into firstly writing a song and going through rewriting over and over again mm. um, and then taking it to a producer, maybe making more changes, putting it, putting it all together and making sure it all sounds amazing, deciding it's going to be the single, promoting it and just mm. how much effort and self-confidence and just certainty that this song is what you need to put out in the world and then you be like, oh, yeah, it's all right. Like, oh, no, you've got to. <laughs> there's got so to many people who are just stuff. like, you know, they're like, oh, well, I'm not the best. And and it's fine. Like, obviously you're not. But I, I want to hear somebody be like, this is the best work I've done right now. Yeah, this, this is, is the best I, I want. Yeah, yeah, this this is this is a representation of the best that I can do. And be proud of it. And, and be and really if, proud of it. If you haven't then. Yeah. Then you know, you do And better. if you if you haven't, if you're like, oh, this isn't the best I can do, go back in do the studio. Again. Don't put it out. Don't yeah. put it out until it's fully cooked and this is the best you can do. Yeah, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I've put out stuff that maybe I think it could have been better, but it but was, is that it was the best I could do. No, at the time it was like this isn't perfect because yeah. I'm perfectionist, but it was like this is the best I could do right now with what I have. Oh, well, yeah. And so yes. it's like it's That's, still good enough. Yeah. And I think that was more like is it good enough and professional enough to still represent even though it's not exactly maybe what I envisioned or what I wanted. Yeah, true. still good enough. Well, I guess and if you're limited. i one. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess if you're limited with your resources or something like that. But then, you know, you can always re-record songs. Yeah, or absolutely. like if, you know. I think I was just limited in my ability of knowing what exactly I wanted and how to communicate that. That's true. And how to be confident in a room with someone who is a producer and they've been doing it for 40 years and having yeah, the voice and actually to say, speak up. hey, I've only been doing this for two years but actually I don't like what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and then no. for them to like That's definitely that, true and that's, yeah. and that's all we learn from and, and you know, like what I was saying about going on bloody like Australia's Got Talent years ago and the music I was putting out then, I was way too overconfident for how not good it was. You know? But <laughs> at the same time it was – the best I could do at that time. Yeah. So uh, on on that stance, I go, okay, well, good. That was the best I could do at and that now time. You can see your in the grand scheme of things, it's not the best that anyone was doing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like if I put out a song tomorrow, it's the best I can do. It might not yeah. be as good as what someone else can do, but it's yeah. the best that I can do. Yeah. Um, and if other people pick up on that and they like it, 
great. Yeah. And if they don't, I'll put out another song later yeah. and whatever, you know. And it's a good attitude to have. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, I do. It does bother me when I don't. I don't want to say it bothers me, but um, when people are kind of sheepish about putting out music and and you know, the, yeah, and they're not. If you've made something and it's the best that you can do, maybe not necessarily as good as everyone else, but it's the best that you can do, put it out there and just mm. own it and be like, yeah, this is the best I can do. Be loud and proud. Be loud and proud. In a few years you might go, oh, my God, that's not the best I can do now. Mm. Put out another best you can do, mm. you know. So I don't know. Just, was, that's good it advice. just makes you feel good and confident and, yeah. I mean I come across as being very, very – confident and self-assured and all that sort of stuff but I, I mean, I'm definitely not but mm. um, I guess I deal with it all internally and I just know that anything I do put out into the world despite being quite um, self-conscious and, and like I do think about all that stuff. I do think about mm. what people are going to think and I wish I didn't but um, yeah, I am actually very self-conscious but I know that whenever I do put something out in the world – I'm like, okay, but that is the best I can do. That's, you know, I'm confident with that and I'll stand by it until I do something better. And, <laughs> and then, then I'll bury that. that. Yeah, the hindsight <laughs> thing sometimes later, like, oh, oh, we could have done that. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't found that with Hinterland, um, which is great. Um, I, I don't know if that's because there's the three of us and we have something so musically special. Mm. Um, but it's and also the experience to back it up. Yeah, the yeah. experience to back it up. Um, but yeah, I, I guess it's also going through and like, when we play like an original show mm. um, and we and we get out and we play these songs, even though they are a couple of years old or whatever, some people are only hearing those songs for the first time. Yep. Most people probably yep. are yep. only hearing those songs for the first time. So even if they feel dated or like, oh, we've made better stuff since then, yeah. <laughs> you still have to sell it like yeah. this is, you know. And, and we actually played a show um, a few weeks ago and the song that's coming out today, Strings Attached, um, she related to that song and she, she'd never heard it before and she came up to us afterwards, came up to me afterwards um, at like the merch table and she's like, that song you that song you played, the one, the strings attached song, that was great. Oh, I totally relate to that. And I was like, awesome. That's like good. that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Like I love that you, I love that you clicked with that, you know, and even though that is, that is like a new one but if someone came up and, you know, that was the first time she's heard probably all our songs and that's the one yeah. that resonated with her whereas there'll be some people who were like, oh, that song you played, that's two years old. I love that, you yeah. know, and, you know, songs can always be be found at whatever age they are. So just always make sure you're putting the best out. I love that. Yeah. As a band, because you talked about writing together, yeah. do you ever collaborate and write as a band with other people for projects or just? No, not no. as a band for other people. Um, it's probably we try to keep our little magic to ourselves, mm-hmm. um, but I do collaborate with other people um, as a songwriter. And Rob um, does a lot of session guitar work. Um, he he played a lot of the guitar on um, Amber Lawrence's latest album, which oh, yeah. is nominated for an aria. Woo woo! <laughs> um, he played heaps of the guitar in that, um, and and Christy Lamb's album. Like, yeah, he does a lot of. He doesn't fancy himself quite so much as a, a songwriter. He's okay. more of, I guess, more of a composer. Yeah. Like when we even write together, he very rarely has much input on the lyrics it's more about the melody and what guitar leaks to put here and and production elements as well because he's a producer okay so um but that as I was saying to you before we started the pod is um even though we all contribute in a different way and Mm. and the weird thing is 
the way that songwriters are credited, like say with APRA and all that sort of stuff, is it's who wrote the words and melody. Yeah. That's that's all it is. But there's actually so much more to it mm. in creating a song. And I often think a lot of session musos should be credited as songwriters because they created a counter melody. They yep. created, hey, like that little that guitar part there, that's a hook. Yep. You know, that's that's a memorable part. Like you even have to think about like, for example, like Men I Feel Like a Woman by Shania Twain. Down, down and down and it. No, yep. that's a hook right there. Somebody wrote that and he may not actually be accredited songwriter, although it was probably Mutt Lang. But yeah, I was going to say it's probably Mutt Probably Mutt, yeah. him. But do you know what I mean? If, if a session music came in and the producer was like, oh, we just need like a cool lick here and he was like, he'd be like, great, that's it, cool, here's your 100 bucks, out you go. Yeah. But that's a huge part of the actual song. The it's not the lyrics or the melody, you know. So when we get together, even though generally Rachel and I will write most of the we'll, we'll write the lyrics between us, whether or not she wrote most of them or I wrote most of them or whatever, and then Rob will come through and go, I think this chord should go here, I think, you know, this lick should go here and maybe try this different melody, blah, 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 blah. We just go evens with it all. Yeah. So even if it's a song that I technically wrote head to toe or Rachel technically wrote head to toe or it's a ba- like the uh, a song we recently finished in the studio that's not out yet. I don't know when it'll come out, but mm-hmm. it was a track, an instrumental track that Rob had completely created, right. like produced in the studio. Yeah, and it was just the whole track. And he's like, "Somebody write something to sing over the top oh. of this," you know. And again, it became one of those like we wrote twenty different things for it. Um, and yeah, it's it's ended up really really cool. But yeah, in a way. Technically, he didn't write any of the lyrics and melody, but he made the entire song. And yeah, we just we top line wrote to it. So. Yeah, which is yeah. a major part of songwriting. And, Absolutely, and, and who knows how songs come together? They come together all sorts exactly. Of ways and yeah, and we just want to make sure everybody who has any input in any way it feels like a, a team effort. Yeah, and I like the fact that you have that just sort of band standard. This is what it's going to yeah. be agreement because then you don't have to waste energy or time or have fights over yeah. who gets. Oh well, 5%. I said this line should be here and this line should be there. Oh, it's a waste of time, isn't it? It, it is for no value because you're like you said. Earlier, there's, there's very little in royalties um, yeah. these days. So as far as – one of the things I usually like to ask someone, and it could be a personal thing or it can be as mm-hmm. a band, this is what we say, but is there advice that you would give now with all your time and wisdom mm. and experience in the industry that you would give to someone who is just starting out? Ooh, okay. Okay, yes. Don't absolutely. go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Um, well, don't <laughs> – don't expect it all to just happen. Don't fall for any, I guess in a way it's a get-rich-quick scheme. So don't fall for, yeah, an Australia's Got Talent or The Voice or, or anything like that. Just do the work, you know, like do, just just. If you want work. money, I heard there's a lot more money in porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, well, a lot of the time people just, you know, we want recognition for what we're doing. We want to share our music with the world and we want to. And it's a hard time at the moment. For, for gigs and stuff like that, like it's so hard. People aren't buying tickets. The cost of living is just right, is skyrocketing. Yeah. Um, so it's very, very hard. Um, and, and everything's moving online too. It's all about like, oh, you know, go on TikTok and dance around like an idiot and hope something sticks. Um, yeah, but, but there's yeah. no replacement for live music, is no, there? No, oh, God, no. Um, but, yeah, I guess – don't be afraid to like just do the work. It mm. is hard work and there are people out there who do, you know, who may seem like 
they, you know, they just went viral and now they're a big star. But in a month's time, no one's going to know who they are. Mm. So it's all about the long game. Um, yeah, actually, that's a, that's a good way to surmise it is it's, 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 it's a long game. Like mm-hmm. I'm only now res- like experiencing a very, very moderate but satisfying level of success. I don't, I don't have grand dreams of, you know, touring the world and being a big star anymore, but I just want people to like sort of hear my music and, and hundreds of thousands of people are, mm. and that's really cool. And just, just be satisfied because I guess, yeah, work hard, be happy um, with, with what you can put out and what you can do. Um, everything, there's a lesson in everything. Mm-hmm. There's a lesson in everything and, and sometimes you can't see it, but later on you'll realise, oh, my God, like that experience led to this and that and the other. And, and I'm not particularly spiritual, but I do find that just from life experience that even when crap things happen or, or say you put out a song that doesn't quite connect the way you want it or you, you know, screw up an opportunity, like you play a gig that was supposed to be a really good opportunity but, you know, it doesn't go that well or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's always, I don't want to say there's always a reason but there's always something to come away from that where you go, okay, well, I won't do that next yeah. time and just move forward um, because otherwise, it, yeah, otherwise it's very easy to feel down um, and, yeah, feel like you don't matter and no one cares and if you if you stop making music today no one would care and, look, 90% of the time that's true. And I'm sure if I stopped making music today, no one would care. Mm. Um, but I would care. Um, and that's so what's important. That's what's important, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, if you just be your own biggest fan. Yes. Don't be afraid to be your biggest fan because you need you need to have that. You need to have that. And, and it's not about thinking you're the best thing in the world yeah. but just about being proud and, and if, if you don't love it, what makes you think anyone else is going to love yeah, it? Yeah, if you, if it, you like, don't love it and if you don't think it's perfect yet, it's it can be. Yeah. Just keep at it. Just yeah. do the bloody work. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I feel a bit weird about giving advice no, given that fine. I'm not from. <laughs> I, um, I don't ask this question of everyone but because mm. you shared so vulnerably um, about your experience mm. with the TV show and, and then the hate that you oh, got. It up. seems like it's it's funny it's because so- I know it. I, I rattled on about it for such a long time but it, it really does now feel like such a small part of, like, Absolutely. my life. And yeah. I don't really – I don't even remember most of it but, you know, the key things and just the, the backlash and stuff, that's the stuff that – it was hard and, yeah. and we all have to live with trolls these mm-hmm. days. They're out there, nameless, yep. faceless, whatever trolls. But, you know, you said you cancelled your socials and yeah. you, you went underground, you got married, changed your name, all that sort of stuff. Um, if you could go back and talk to yourself, <laughs> right when that was all happening, it was at its yeah. peak and you were, you know, in that really dark space. I yeah. imagine it would have been quite Yeah, dark. oh, yeah, it, it sucked. Because... I feel like that's a place that just about every teenager or young person has to live in now yeah. because of the way the world is, TikTok yes. and socials. If you were on there, you are living with trolls. Yeah. <laughs> what sort of advice would you give to yourself, your younger self going through that? Gosh, that's a good question. Um, oh, look, I would, similar to what I just said, I would just say, look, Jesse, this isn't a big deal in the grand scheme of things. Right now it feels like it mm-hmm. and right now it feels like you got a taste of what you wanted and it wasn't how you expected it and you hate it and you're freaking out. Um, but, you know, in a few years' time it's all going to be good. It's going to feel like forever ago mm-hmm. um, 
And I mean, I'm, I wish I, if I could, I would actually just tell myself like write about it, keep writing, don't mm. stop. That's one thing I regret is that I stopped writing and I just sort of, I don't want to say I gave up on it, but I just didn't want to be creative and musical anymore. I felt like that had been sucked out of me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, it was a good head check. Um, it was very much a <laughs> grounding experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, don't feed the trolls also. Is a, <laughs> That's a good one. It's a big thing because, I mean, back then social media and this whole trolling thing was so new mm. um, and it was it was crazy because now we understand that the people who, you know, do that, you know. Mentally unwell. And mentally unwell <laughs> because because <laughs> I, I used to think to myself, I wonder if I ever ran into this person, whoever this is, and like, was like, hi, I'm I'm Jesse. I'm the Sometimes I'm that chick. Sometimes there are people that know you, they, you. Those know, people yeah. would absolutely never say those things to you face to face. You know, and this so this was at a time when because now social media has made everybody so and like, it usually comes has, from jealousy. They're just, yeah, they're just jealous. Well, I don't know. Just <laughs> just like no one has any sort of empathy and like. They just yeah, you can just type whatever you want and then hit and enter and then walk the away from it and not worry it, yeah. about it. Yeah. And and you know, people have committed suicide and stuff over awful things being said to them by complete strangers. Yep. And yep. it's horrible. Um and at the time it was so new and it felt I mean, now I would laugh. If somebody left like a message like that, I would just write back and be like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> but at the time I was like, wow, this person's taken time out of their day, found me, yeah. contact, like it was a big deal, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but I again. someone that says they always, doesn't matter what anyone says, they're like, thanks for your feedback. No, 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 not thanks, <laughs> but fuck thanks. you for your feedback. Um, yeah, no, because it's, it's never constructive. I love constructive yeah. criticism. If it was like, oh, you know, maybe you could have done this better. and But if it's just like, oh, I think your hair sucks, I'd be like, well, yeah. you suck. Like, it's go away. It's usually a like, self-reflection. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, you know, and it's just, I don't know, it's it's just one of those things. But I guess, yeah, I would just go back and just be like, oh, my God, like don't make this a big deal because it's really not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I, I I handled it pretty well, I guess, in the long run. I'm, I'm glad I did step away and reinvent myself in such a way. Um, but it's cool because I've sort of come full circle because for such a long time I was like, I don't want to know anything about that life. I didn't want anybody to know, you know, that I had done, had, had a try. I was almost Mm. a little bit embarrassed. I was embarrassed actually, um, that I'd had a go at the originals thing and I had screwed it up so badly and, you know, made an idiot of myself and people had abused me and all that sort of stuff. And I was just like, Oh, like just, just, you know, shelve that away. Pretend like that didn't happen. Here's the new me. Ta-da. Don't worry. You guys don't, you know, like, um, yeah, but it's come full circle because now like, you know, with my songwriting and, and being part of Hinterland, I go by Jesse Emanuel again. Like I've, I've, you know, and I have no ill will towards the Emanuel name or that family, but it just, mm-hmm. for me, that was just a part of my life and an experience that I would like to forget about. Um. My maiden name was Hewitt and everyone thought I'd be great at tennis. And not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not great at tennis. Well, that was the thing, that was the thing that I got was that, so, like, I'm a rhythm guitarist. I'm a perfectly fine rhythm guitarist. When I was 21, I was probably an average rhythm guitarist. <laughs> but I only played guitar so that I could sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's what I do. So <laughs> all the comments were about, you're a shit guitarist. And I was like, I'm 
I, I'm not like I am playing guitar, but like I'm not. I, I'm not a yeah. yeah. I'm like I don't need to be a good guitarist. That, that, that's, I just bring them up. Sort of pressure because of like DNA. I don't know. Yeah, like, well, it's, it's like to be in your DNA. Yeah. Exa- oh yeah. hundred oh, percent. Oh, I'd have people slamming tennis balls at me, and I'd never played because I wanted to say that they'd beat Hewitt, and it was like, oh, I'm not Leighton Hewitt. I can't play tennis. Oh my god. Same well, thing. That's a whole no. other thing. You know the the concept, and even now that I have children. And it's yeah. like, oh, well, you know, oh, they'll be musical and they'll be this. And you're like, well, yeah. no, unless they go and get lessons <laughs> and work at it. Like you're not just born and you're like, oh, I can play guitar. Yeah. Like I had to have years oh, you of weren't? lessons. No. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's the thing. I've got I've got two sisters and a brother, yeah. none of whom are musical. That's fine. And they have the same DNA as me. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I am musical myself, but like that's just that was just what my path was and because I chose – to follow it and yeah. get music, you know, get guitar lessons and learn how to sing and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, you're not just born with it. Yeah. I hate I hate the idea of, you know, I do – one of my daughters does play drums. Yeah. So she's been getting drum lessons for two, two and a bit years, nearly wow. three years. She's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And whenever I post like a video of her playing or something, everyone's always like – and they mean this in the nicest way, but they it, it's something that actually – irks me quite a bit it's like oh it's in her blood oh of course she's great oh she's following in mum's footsteps and I'm like no I'm paying for her to get lessons she is practicing and she's very good I don't play the drums yeah like yeah okay she's musical and stuff like that but who's to say that any kid who doesn't have a you know there's plenty of kids out there who are their parents aren't musical Mm -hmm. and they're you know my mum sure my dad was a muser but my mum was a real estate agent and I don't have some like genetic predisposition to want to sell your house. Mm. <laughs> it's My just dad was a preacher and I think I do talk too much. So I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. But, yeah, it's just, it's just funny. I, I, I disagree with the idea of crediting any talent and skill to your lineage when it should be you you know you've and, worked really hard and yeah. you've done this and you know my daughter I'm constantly telling her I'm like this is you babe like yeah. this oh it's her teacher as well but yeah so it's her drum teacher and it's her and she she actually is musical like she mm. is interested in music and she can sing and stuff but I've never taught her it's just yeah. you know my kids won't learn anything from me no. yeah exactly sometimes <laughs> that's for the better <laughs> that's fine I'll just yeah. leave them laying learn around. despite me yeah <laughs> I actually heard on the – have you seen the Garth Brooks um, documentary? No. It's really good but he's to. got two daughters that are also musical. Yeah. And and it's just the way things are is like you're always going to be Garth Brooks' daughter. Yeah. That is the, the silver spoon that you were bred as far as being Garth Brooks' daughter. Yeah. Um, but it works against you. It does. It can, it can work against you and it can work in your favour. Yeah. You have to just take – even like Gemma, Gemma Cassadaly, you know. Yeah. Like she probably gets told the same things that oh. Garth's daughters get. And – at the end of the day, it's just people's opinions. Exactly. They're going to see the tiny top of the iceberg of who you are and make an assessment and a judgment mm. of what's underneath there. Yeah. And it's either going to be they think you're amazing and they see all your hard work that they've put in or they're going to think that you've been handed everything on a silver platter. Either way, whatever they think, it doesn't matter. That's right. It doesn't matter. That is true. I would like to know about your influences. Mm-hmm. Um, or, and maybe this is something you've talked about at the bend. Yeah. But if you could collaborate. With anyone in the world, dead or alive, oh. who would it be and why? Okay, well, oh. for Hinterland, we, I mean, gosh, oh, that's, that's, that's a great question. And because there's three of us, I, I can't speak for Hinterland myself, but, I mean. 
Have you, you ever gone like as Hinterland, like this is these are the pe- bands that we all like? Yeah, yeah, well, we all like we all like um, Zach Brown Band, yep. uh, the Dixie, well, the Chicks, yep, um, Brad Paisley, mm-hmm. uh, Miranda Lambert. Oh, I'd love to do a song with Miranda Lambert. Um, okay. But musically, I don't, I don't know if it would, it would work that much. Um, mm-hmm. um, the cause. The cause would be great. Um, we share a lot of similarities there um, musically, and we're very interested in their in their music. I know Rob would love to collaborate with the 1975. Okay. He loves loves them. Um, what about you? Oh, me personally. Well, mm-hmm. look, I have to say, like Michael Jackson, because he's the greatest. Um, <laughs> musically, would it work? Probably not. Um, you would create a new baby, I'm sure. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. Well, if I'm going to bring him back to life, I got to. Make something good out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but wow. Yeah. That that's a that's a loaded question because I guess there's yeah so much there. Too many. So maybe Toto would be good too. Um, <laughs> Dire Straits. Oh, there's too there's too much there. Um, I guess it depends. It, d- it depends. Is it because we're we want to put out like a banging song or like. Because I, I don't want to co-write. <laughs> I used to say co-write, and then over the podcast, it's two hundred yeah. episodes, whatever. It's kind of evolved into just collaborate because yeah, it really depends. So um, mm. if you were to co-write a song, which essentially means you get to work with and talk and be yeah, in the same room yeah. as someone else. <laughs> okay, okay. If yeah, in terms of songwriting, I would love to. One of my favorite writers. I mean, I love Casey Musgraves' writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the way she words things and her wordplay um, and the way she sort of keeps things simple but smart at the same time. Like yeah. her word economy, that's what I call it, um, is really incredible in that she says a lot by saying very little. Um, John Mayer does that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's, it, and that's something that's very important. That's something that I've learned, for example, like my older stuff that I wrote when I was a teenager, it was almost like a competition of like how many words can I put in this verse? Like, oh. <laughs> um, whereas, yeah, now I've gotten to a point of like, okay, well, I've kind of already said that. Like let's not just beat the point home, you know, and mm. being direct and just be like I've only got three minutes to tell this whole story. Um, so her word economy is fantastic, the way she writes. Um, oh, maybe the Dixie Chicks, uh, like Natalie Maines and um, – Oh, uh, again, cool. very hard. Um, but yeah, I, I really like, I really like a lot of a lot of writers. Um, That's fine. You're only supposed to pick one. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, All right. Yeah, that'll do. I'll that in. I don't know why I'm like, I'm like making out like it's like you're gonna make this happen, and if I make the wrong choice, like. <laughs> oh well, no. The reality is, um, most you know, a lot of people listen to this podcast. You never know. No, like, of you course. Never know. Um, what's going to happen and who's going to no, hear No, I just, it, so. whenever I get asked these questions, like I really like, you know, I can't just be like, yeah, such and such. Yeah, but like because well, yeah. I'll drive home and be like, oh, I should have said such and such. Like, I did say dead or alive, but, you know, yeah. it makes sense to pick someone who's alive because then there's actually like, maybe <laughs> there's a, a slight chance. There is a chance. You never know. You never know. Um, my goal is to interview every living songwriter on the planet. So um, oh, wow. when I do interview Casey, for example, yeah. I'll let her know. I'll be yes. like, someone wants to write with you. Yeah. You know what? Actually, speaking, I, w- I would love to write with Casey Chambers. Casey Chambers? That's possible, right? Yeah, we might totally. get there. Um, and actually, I'd really like to write with Brooke McClyman as well. Okay. Yep. So if you can make that happen, that would be great. Sure. <laughs> you can buy me a coffee and I'll, uh, I'll get <laughs> yes. on to that. That'll be worth, I'll, I'll buy you a week's worth of coffee. Buy you a bag I drink of a lot of bean. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, you know, you know, I'm a mum of three. I drink a lot of coffee. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> all right. So you've got the new song out today. Yes. What else is coming up? Shows, songs. Oh, that's it's hard at the moment because you kind of just live single to single at yeah. the moment. Um, we are potentially locking in something for Tamworth, which is in January. January. Yep. Mm. So, yeah, hopefully that'll that'll um, all fall into place. Cool. Um, and then, we've yeah, we've got a few other things where it's like, you know, we've got a few other things sort of fallen into place but nothing locked in yet. We're really hoping that 2023 will be a big year for us in terms of festivals. That's mm-hmm. the ultimate goal, obviously. We've missed out on a lot this year um, simply because the lineups have been stacked from, oh, yeah, sorry, we've, we've – yeah, because yep. it's like, oh, guys, we love your work, but we booked all these people two years ago, and so they've had these rollover lineups. The deposits yeah, and, which I yeah. totally respect, and I you totally guys started releasing in twenty twenty as well. We sure did. That was that was when I first released myself yeah. as well. So yeah, the, all the backups is like, yeah. all right, we'll just wait till next year. We did manage to, we did manage, we scored Groundwater and Savannah in the round last year, yep, awesome. um, and ended up being thrown into uh, a festival called Bush to Bay last year as well cool. simply because the borders were shut and they were like, yeah. Queensland acts. And we were like, yeah, yes. I had that. Um, <laughs> so, so part of me is like I'm actually happy that like Groundwater um, next week is pretty stacked with like Melbourne acts because – I'm playing. It's my first time. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm going to have so much fun. Oh, it's so amazing. <laughs> I'll have to come see a set. When you were saying like um, on with Justin that you were going to find something, I was like, oh, you can mm. sing a song with me. Except I think they have like a limit. They've, I've been – I'm only allowed to have two people on stage at any one point. Oh, really? Yeah. What stage are you playing? Just the the mall stage. The mall stage? For the beginners. I remember a couple of years ago Casey Barnes played on there. Oh, oh um, I'll find it. I'll it's find kind of like in the I'll main strip, not the yeah. main stage where they're closing off the road but the, where yeah. it's open all the time oh. under the sails. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll come say g'day. <laughs> we, we had three like main stage – oh, we had two main stage gigs and the – oh, the little acoustic one out, out the front of – I know where it is. We did an acoustic set there last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was actually really awesome. Yeah. Like that was the one we were like, mm, that'll be crap after doing these main stage gigs. But it was actually really yeah. awesome. Was a, yeah, they had um, a lot of people. It was really fun. Um, but, yeah, I'm totally going to get out and experience it as a punter. Like it's so cool. But, um, yeah, it, it, I'm actually really happy to see lots of interstate acts because I'm friends with a lot of um, bands and artists who who were in Melbourne last year and yeah god i just felt so terrible for them getting locked down yeah <laughs> yeah i'm from melbourne for originally and it's um, really dark so i'm so excited yeah. to see them get out and play like i'm so happy for them yeah but also i want those gigs back next year <laughs> Back. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Well, I'm sure that I'm sure that Mark will get you up there at some oh, point, totally. or you know, um, well, fingers crossed. You guys are amazing, and it's Aww. really nice that you're so local, and that yeah. there's some country love in Gold Coast. And um, the Gold Coast has become yeah. like you know, with Casey Barnes and stuff as well. Like, it's very much a bit of a country music hub. Well, you, you got know? Lindsay Waddington and yeah. Alan Caswell, and you got Adam Brand here. I mean, yeah, you know, he, Lee Kernigan, Matt, Matt Cornell, here too. Lee Kernigan, yeah. Um, and Tanya Kernigan. And, like, it's practically yeah. Tamworth, Guys, mate. this is the new Tamworth. This is it. Well, we, we, we don't want to drive nine hours to Tamworth <laughs> anymore. We're going to just do it here. Well, trust me, groundwater, <laughs> like the difference between ground, like no offence to Tamworth, love you Tamworth, but groundwater, that's the that's the big new festival. That's that's the one, right? We do love our Tamworth. Don't worry. We're still coming. I'll be, I've got, you know, you got, yeah. Yeah, we'll, I think we'll we're, we're going to do something at Tamworth. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dreading the drive, sorry, but... <laughs> 
Oh, you're right. I would much rather drive to Broadbeach. <laughs> I, ac- I accidentally took a wrong turn at Armadale once and ended up on the bad road back. Oh, no. And it was like, yeah. what? And I'm seeing these potholes because after all the yeah. rain. Oh, and I'm like, oh, is. no. Oh, no. I'm heading into the mountains with the potholes and the <laughs> turns. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Last time we went down, we went down in Rob's, like, piece of crap car <laughs> and oh man it was it was dire I was very worried so this time when we go down we'll be going down in my yeah we just need to do a call out to the road gods whoever those oh. people are that take no we just want some just cheaper fix, flights fix those roads to Tamworth oh yeah like cheaper flights, helicopter man. rides <laughs> oh just cheaper flights <laughs> yeah just cheaper flights my let's do it got an airplane in Stan thought maybe we should get him to fly us yes that would be I'm up for that. <laughs> Absolutely. I just don't want to become one of those like artist statistics that die in a plane crash. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Jesse. This has been fun and I can't thank wait to you. share it with everyone. I so appreciate it. I hope I didn't talk too much. Uh, that's what it's here for. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining our songwriter, Trist, today. To join the family and keep up to date with future podcasts, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Please leave a review and subscribe. To support the podcast or contact me or our guests, please go to the website, songwritertrists.com. Crowd, no one can hear me, wish I could